Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse over there in Starkville, over there, over here in Starkville, or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little odd, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Oakland. Yeah. That would be odd. Bruland, that would be great. A whole theme park of coffee-based uh, rides. I didn't know that uh, Oakland was a was a, a, a Mississippi town. All right, so let's 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 play the game there. Since you don't know where it is, what county do you think it's in? Oakland. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say. What what section of the state? Can you say that? I can. I can. It's it's. We'll say it's it's North Mississippi. It's okay. not really northwest or northeast. Uh. Hmm. I'm going to say. I don't know. Yalabusha. Yalabusha. Okay. Yeah. Did not that I would have never guessed that. Well, there you go. Well, wherever you are in our fine state, from Yalabrusha to wherever you you want to be, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter in your house, we got you covered at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white the merchandise that you are looking for. They have the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. If you're looking for something for your house, for your car, for your tailgate, or just some clothes for you and the family, the best stuff is at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeton by Fleet Feet, Fleet Feet, Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell, where you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Startville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Maybe not today on the patio. It's supposed to be severe weather today in the state of Mississippi, so you guys be careful with that. But any other day, you want to go out there, enjoy some fine weather and some fine Mexican food. Mexican food that you can't get anywhere else. Everybody else is the same. If you go to any other of Starkville's 3,613 Mexican restaurants, you're getting the same food at every stop. You know, they all It's all the same tacos. It's all the same fajitas. It's all the same burritos. It's different at Humble Taco. That's what makes them fantastic. So check them out next time you're in Starkville or anytime you're in Starkville. Go to Humble Taco. It is First Responders Month over at Firehouse Subs, which means that not only when you when you order Firehouse Subs, not only are you getting a great meal at a great price and you're piling up reward points on the Firehouse Subs app, but you can be helping your community 
All you got to do is buy a medallion, dollar, five dollar, twenty five dollar, and that money goes to support the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation, which provides life saving grants for equipment and training to first responder organizations across the country, including over eight hundred thousand dollars here in the state of Mississippi alone. And also, right now, at Firehouse Subs, the the sub of the month, the Prime Rib Sub. Oh yeah, Prime Rib, Robbie. I like Prime Rib. Well, maybe we need to go get a Firehouse Sub then. Maybe we can go eat there. Would you go eat I mean, there again? With I would eat anywhere with you, Brian. I feel like I'm green eggs and ham. You're like, I will not eat with Hey Dad. I would, well, you you don't like eggs, so I don't like it. I wouldn't eat green ham either, just to, for the for the record, just to let you know. You, you wouldn't eat green eggs either. I we wouldn't eat that. yellow eggs, white eggs, whatever kind of eggs. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the rumblings. We got a lot of a lot of questions today. Let's just jump. Yeah, in. I tweeted these out at like eight o'clock. Yeah, on it's Monday night PM. and it's 6.30. So we're, this is a full I told day. Robbie, I was like, we're getting a lot of questions, but they're just going to pile up. So here we go. We start with Colton Watson. Uh, let's see here. Which of these is going to hurt state the most in the future and which of these is going to hurt state the, the soonest? These almost interceptions becoming actual interceptions or missed kicks? I feel like it's the almost interceptions. You start throwing actual interceptions, and that's a real problem. Yeah, but I think Will is less likely to continue to repeat that mm-hmm. than field goals getting fixed. Mm-hmm. Because you know how the kickers are, man. Like you start, you miss one, and then you start thinking about it. Will's one of those that, like, I think he can put a play behind him, like as evidence of that game against Arkansas when he threw a couple that should have been picked, and then kind of tightened up the rest of the way. I think that the field goals and the extra points is going to be the the biggest issue. So and if they if it continues to be an question, issue, then I like, would say what would hurt state the most is the interceptions. What will hurt them the soonest is the kicks. I guess. Yeah. I, I just don't you know I don't know if Will's going to throw picks. I mean Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure he'll throw another one this season. I would be really surprised if he finished the year with three picks. Just yeah, no, he'll, he'll throw he'll throw one, but like whether or not it really really hurts state, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, how does state's on field success translate to fall recruiting? Fall recruiting must mean football recruiting. Uh, or any specific examples? Football. Do what now? Probably football recruiting. It's got to be right. Like, what is fall recruiting? Uh, any specific examples of where it might be helping? Um, well, I mean, state has signed better wide receivers than it ever has before these last three years. Um, across the board on offense should yeah. be, should be your answer. Yeah. And then, you know, if you, if you're a defensive player and you're seeing Mississippi state, uh, get after the quarterback and play an exciting defense. And also, I mean, they just continue to put guys in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, really across the board. Yeah. Yeah, defensively, I mean, what State's doing now is not different than what they've been doing in the past. But offensively, yeah, this looks, are, this looks a lot like the defenses that even Dan Mullen had. Yeah, but def- but offensively, they are on a different set, and they're still able to recruit decent running backs too. I mean, they've they've gotten quality players thus far from 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 recruiting. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dalton Lee. The world has adopted a global college football league where universities play internationally, internationally. Who do you think would be the powerhouses in the, around the world besides the U.S.? He says the Russians, 
the Japanese, they evidently they have a college football league already, and New Zealand because they are chunky boys. New Zealand would be tough. Those rugby kids would convert. They would have the most bruising backfield in college football. Yeah, I was about to say maybe Australia. Don't they play rugby too? Australia would be a good choice. Yeah. So you got to think about who are the what are the countries that play a physical sport? Yeah. That would probably be my first choice. And like my my other thought is like how many 6 foot I mean the Brazilians, right? Plenty of speed. They'll have they'll have skill players. But how yeah. many 6 foot 5 320 pound Brazilians are there? Well, kind of the same thing with like Japan or China, a place like that. Like, hold on now. Japanese might just roll the sumo wrestlers out there. That's true, but are they going to be nimble enough to be offensive linemen? Did you ever see Yokozuna? Pretty nimble guy. Bonsai drop, man. Yokozuna is not Japanese. (laughs) Uh, Pretty sure that he was announced as being from Japan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was Vincent Master Fuji. That was Vince McMahon's version of an Asian person. Uh, now which I, is, think, I think you're just you think you're just wrong on this one. Just for uh, the record, folks, Yokozuna was Samoan. He, he was not he Japanese. Part of the bloodline. I don't uh, know why. I don't know where Vince McMahon got. Oh yes, this guy's Asian. He's yes, gonna be he's Japanese. Japan. We're gonna call him Nintendo Mitsubishi. <laughs> I got a legit spit take out of him there. Wasn't there like a Mitsubishi uh, that they had like a, like a, or like a t- Toyota or? Oh, God only knows, man. With, with Vin. They had a name. They had a name. It was like a Japanese woman wrestler that they had. And that, oh, God. Her name was like Toyota or t- t- something I like it. that. I believe it. So it's kind of like making like the Native American Tatanka. Like what, like yeah. what? How did this stuff get through? I well, it's just a different that. time. It sure was. All right. Uh, Rob Montgomery asked, if I could guarantee a 10-3 and three finish, which is preferable, a 10, 10 regular season wins with an Access Bowl loss or 9-3 and three with a Citrus Bowl level win? That's a good, that's a good question. I'm always of the opinion, I've, I like to end the year on a good note. Mm-hmm. But is it would it be better for Mississippi State if they're playing in the Sugar Bowl? They've never been in the Sugar so, Bowl before. So let's look at this from the terms of what are the wins, right? If you if you have ten regular season wins, that means you beat some combination. Let's assume you get you got to beat Kentucky, Auburn, and East Tennessee. And We're gonna say they beat Georgia. Two out of three from Bama, Georgia, Ole Miss. I'm taking that and just lose the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm that I'm I'm there too. So, I mean, that's a 2014 season. Yeah, nine that's and three means you lost to Bama, and probably means you lost to Bama and Georgia. You win now. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little tricky though. Yeah. Now you beat mm-hmm. Ole Miss and you win the bowl game. That's a lot of momentum going into the offseason. Now, 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 think about it. And that that's what I'm saying. And that's what somebody asked last night on a YouTube show. Um, would you Is rather Rob beat? Montgomery? I don't know. Okay. Would you rather beat Bama and lose to Ole Miss? Mm-hmm. And my answer to that is that means you've lost momentum late in the season and you've lost to Ole Miss again. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's a great moment to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. But what have you really accomplished at the end of the year right. when you've lost for the third straight season to Ole Miss? When you lose to Alabama all the time, nobody's going to be upset about losing to Alabama. Right. So mm-hmm. to me, 
and I'm not just saying that because I'm like in the hit middle of a rivalry or whatever. To me, it's it would be better for Mississippi State this year to beat Ole Miss to end the regular season on a on a high note. So in this case, I would probably go. I can understand people won't, they would rather see Mississippi State win the Sugar Bowl or mm-hmm. I mean go to the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think that it might be better for Mississippi State to end the season with a win over because you're expecting to lose to Bama and Georgia. Anyway. You think, beat Ole Miss and you win the bowl game. I'm trying to think about Ole Miss last year. Mm-hmm. Would they have been happier? I think they. I don't know. Would they have been happier? Maybe you know, they. They think the Sugar Bowl though is, I, is I, what it was in that, but, but I get that. But would they have been happier going to the Citrus Bowl and winning that and being ten and three or losing the Sugar? I think they were happier going to New Orleans. They were happier because right they, up until the end of the game, basically. Yeah, they love up until Corral got hurt. They love that Sugar Bowl, man. That's like it well, brings I mean, and back State's old never been. That, that's something that you know in the SEC. No, it'd be fun. It would be you fun to go. So, I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. We'll say. I'm just. Uh, I've always been the, the opinion of like I want like to end the year. Yeah. I want to end the year on a high note. I agree. Uh, also from Rob, MSU is averaging 38 and a half a game, giving up 21, which seems more likely to hold up. State has a couple games coming up where I'll be pretty surprised if they score 20. So it's going to be the defense. I think the defense is more likely to hold up. Mm-hmm. I agree. 38, that's a lot of points, man. It's a lot. Three straight games of 40-plus. I'd have to look back at the last time that happened. Yeah. Uh, the idea. Sorcerer asks us, why is Auburn Stadium spelled Jordan Hair, but people pronounce it Jordan Hair? So that's how the guy I, pronounced his last name. That's always kind of annoyed me. It is, but I mean, yeah, always this always annoyed me. Wasn't he the guy that like whined about the cowbells first? Yes, yes, he was. Perhaps Mississippi State fans, as a result of that, should make a point to only refer to it as Jordan Hare. Sounds good to me. Or we could go a step further, Jordan Hare. Hare or Hare? Hare. We got to really, really stress that R E. Add a little. And a little, little accent on the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will Tony Khan's I'm the cool friend boss personality be AEW's ultimate downfall with the way the prisoners are running the jail? Or do you think it will be a breaking point for him where he starts putting his foot down and growing some, quote, testicular fortitude? This is uh, a guy. I don't Go think ahead. he's going to have the testicular fortitude. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, his dad is an incredibly successful businessman. He owns an NFL team and an EPL team. I mean, the guy knows how to run businesses. I, I think he'll be okay long term. Well, I mean, financially and all that, yeah. But no, I, I think in I, terms I of being a businessman, he'll be fine. I, I'm still just not sold on. I, I don't. I think that it's a little right now. It's a little chaotic. It is. He, he's stacked up all this talent, and he doesn't really know what to do with it. And I, I'm still. I'm a little skeptical of the direction it's currently in. I'm watching it. I'm enjoying the matches. I think the wrestling's fantastic. But WWE is really kicking their butt right now. I'm just going to be honest. The the stuff WWE is doing with Triple H in charge, mm-hmm. it's he's he's showing him how it's done. It's it's um, very good. Triple H is showing us that he should have been in t- trouble or should have been in charge a long long time ago. Yeah, but I, I mean I I think that AEW is going to be around for a long time. Um it's working. Mm-hmm. So I mean I just I'm I'm a bigger fan of WWE right now. Yeah. So real quick, let's just jump in here. So the, I don't know who this guy is. Zach Boyer says on his, his 
he's he's verified and it says that he is a sports journalist but doesn't say where he works. Tweets today that Kansas quarterback Jalen Daniels expect to miss the rest of the season with a separation of his shoulder. Blah, blah, blah. Jalen Daniels quote tweets us with, hey, that's news to me. Oh. And then Lance always the Kansas coach, tweets a picture of Jalen Daniels in his office holding up both arms in the air perfectly healthy. What's happening? Guys, if you ever become a journalist, don't ever tweet anything until you absolutely 100% know it's a fact. That's always been like the biggest fear of mine of tweeting yeah. out something and somebody saying, Oh, really? And it's like the, that person. Yeah. You got, I mean, if so I don't, you know, always, I don't you know. got to get it from the, but also to like, there's been a lot of cases where somebody's tweeted something and that the people have said, This is ridiculous and there's no way this is, and then it, it's actually true. Yeah. No, no, no question. All right. So, let's move back I'm into the questions here. Chris Johnson, does Dylan Johnson's running style remind you of DeSenzo Miller or is it just me? I would say it's just him. Yeah, Since I don't. I don't see. Color. I don't see the. I don't see that as much. Yeah, Desenzo didn't little, have the same power. He was a lot more elusive in the open field too. Yeah, he could run away from some people a little yeah. bit. Uh, Winston Kimmel, the Mississippi State team, kind of reminds me of the Saints Super Bowl team. Good pass-oriented offense led by a consistent quarterback and a defense that gets a lot of sacks and turnovers. Is the comparison too much of a stretch? As long as you're not going to win the national championship, (laughs) as long as you're not comparing Will Rogers to Drew Brees at that point in his career, you're fine. I mean, I I see what you're getting at. That Saints team was good at running the football too. Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush, they could run the football, and they were great out of the backfield catching passes too. So it's a lot of similarities. Well, the one thing I will say about um, about Drew Brees is he wasn't the biggest guy. Like Will yeah, similar Rogers, builds. he kind of defied the the mold a little, the mold a little bit of an NFL quarterback. Um, but I, you know, he was also kind of not normal. <laughs> Correct. Uh, let's see here. Kyle Bolware asks us early in the year. You said guys said this had a whiff of 2014. What if I told you it had a whiff of 1998 Tennessee and State in Atlanta? I'm not smelling that. They're going to have to beat Bama and Georgia. Yeah, and Ole Miss. And Tennessee they, is going to have to beat Bama and Georgia. If they beat Bama and Georgia, I feel good about their chances against Ole it Miss. It would be the most typical Mississippi State thing ever. To, to win those two games and lose to Ole Miss? Yes. yes. I can taste it in my mouth. Ugh. But at the same I, time, don't forget, Tennessee has to beat those same two teams as well. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Jeremy Murdoch is Lane Kiffin the first coach to ever have a pet. The obsession with Juice Kiffin makes me wonder if that's the case. Obviously, he is not, but he's the first one they've really tried to market. I mean, I'm sure if anybody had, if Mull, didn't Mullen have a dog named Champ? Yeah, but we didn't really have a. But that's my Twitter point. account, and right, we didn't we didn't do any of this stuff with you know. So Twitter accounts for animals has always been kind of weird. Um, weird to me. It's a little weird, but, really it's, that, but it's, I mean, it's fun. And at the end of the day, this is sports and it's supposed to be a little fun. So, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to begrudge this. Plus, the dog, I'm not, not going to begrudge it. He's but a good boy. It doesn't play into my wheelhouse. So I'm right, not no, really like, if you're not interested in it, that's fine. But the dog's a good boy. He'll be all right. Uh, also from Jared. Okay, hold on. 
Jeremy, come on, man. If you could reimagine SEC football coaches at dogs breed, what would they be? 14, 14 answers. You want 14 answers in one question? No. We're moving on. Maybe you should do your, like, go ahead and do that research beforehand, have mm-hmm. it ready, and you can answer the question in, in, a, in a timely manner. No. I'm not going to take the time to sit down and really think about what dog breed a SEC football coach should be. Hey, by the way, I, I had uh, several people agree with me today that you did, in fact, if you made the face, mm-hmm. you did, in fact, complain. I don't think I made a face. Oh, you made the face. I mean, this is your word against mine. You made the face. No, no, no. Uh, Stefan said he saw the face, too. So that's two to one. Really? That's interesting because Stefan wasn't at the table. Yes, he was. No. Maybe it was was you and Paul and Theo and uh, the band guy. The band guy? That's the guy who used to do the announcement for the band. That guy was not sitting at our table. Yes, he was. No, he was not. He was. I'm telling you. He was not sitting at I'm our table. I'm almost positive he was. Anyway, Stefan was not. Uh, maybe. No, he agreed with me. That's why he, he told me that, yes, if he made the face. But I didn't make he, the face. You made the face. You I went. did not. You In went. a court of law, you couldn't. You would lose. You can't prove that I made the face. Well, sure the only thing that mind. matters, the only thing that matters is I know you know that you made the face. I didn't and you're make trying the face. to you're trying to I lie did about it. Did so not. We we've now established that you've made the face. We have not established you, anything. You can yeah, we have. We've it's in your it's in your head at this point that you no. made the face. And you can lie about it all you want to. But I'm you not lying. You can play with your face. Complain with your face. Move forward. Jacob Shumi. Good to see him back in here. He got engaged, by the way. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook. Congrats to him. Congratulations. Uh, first trip to Lexington this weekend. Any suggestions on things to do? I would definitely go to try to go to Keeneland. Uh, if you're a bourbon guy, I'm sure Robbie will give you a couple of suggestions for some uh, some distilleries to head over to. The uh, bourbon trail is alive and well. Yeah, in the I, uh, what I the went bluegrass state. What I went, I didn't get. I, I ate at, at a couple of decent restaurants, but there was nothing that was just like so memorable that I would say you can't miss this. I haven't been to Lexington. Yeah. So I can't really. The guy I, to I would ask love is, to go there. Well, I, here I'd I ask, mean, I'd ask Neil it, Price. Spent a, all those years in Kentucky. He probably has, has some spots. Yes, Neil would know. Jacob knows. Um, Jacob knows Jonathan Eaton very well. Jonathan Eaton is going on this trip as well. Jacob, okay. he's been there before, I believe. So ask ask Jonathan or ask uh, Neil Price because I know Neil would give some good suggestions. Yeah. Rob Chittum asks us. Why is it the MSU teams most capable of hanging with Bama are always on the even years when we're at Tuscaloosa? That's a good question. Well, I mean, 17. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the exact same thing. 17, we hung, stayed hung with Alabama. 17, 13 to a point, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's 13 might have been it. different if, if Dak could have played. Yeah. Yeah. You had Tyler Russell. I'm trying to think. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the years, I mean, it just seems like. The years that they ten was and, another year where we hung with them for a for a bit. I don't know if it would have mattered if it was at Starville in eighteen. No, that state team was, was not. not no. State was not going to score. No, they weren't going to score that day. But that was pretty. I mean, that was an that was an amazing defensive effort. Mm-hmm. And they were never in that game. Yeah, 
All right, Patrick Swindoll asks us, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate your bad dad joke skills, 1 being no reaction, and 10 being your kids facepalming, screaming, Dad! Yours is a solid 10. 7 or 8. You're probably a 10, actually. Robbie, how much, like does, I, the chim- how much does a chimney cost? How much? Nothing. It's on the house. Oh. Yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see your daughters being like, oh, oh my gosh. Please get out of my face. <laughs> my daughter's not quite ready. For, I haven't really done. No, the you, you got a little yet. while to go. Yeah. Got so a little while to go. We'll, we'll see what happens in about five years. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Caleb Smith asks us, "What are the likelihood? What is the likelihood that neither Alabama nor Georgia are in the SEC title game?" I would say less than one percent. Not good. Yeah. But one of the, one of them, if not both, will be. They'll both be there. Will be there. Uh, also from Caleb, why does our fan base criticize back-to-back blowout wins against SEC West opponents, but some teams think it's good to be losing at halftime to Vandy? This is the difference between State and Ole Miss fans, and we've talked about it on this show many times before, Robbie. State yep. fans, by their def- by their nature, are negative. They're mm-hmm. always looking for the other shoe to drop. They're always trying to criticize. They're never just happy in the moment. Ole Miss fans wake up and think that the world should be handed to them on a silver platter. And so they think constantly that the best thing is going to happen to them. It's why they take defeat so poorly. Yeah. State fans tend to take defeat pretty well because they just expect it. Right. So. No, I completely agree with that. I think that's what you're that's what you're seeing here. I mean, people in the state fan base are just waiting for something bad to happen. So they're taking, well, they give up almost 500 yards of offense in this game. You can't do this against Bama and things like that. And – in reality, they gave up two touchdowns and adjusted really well you know, late in the game. But that's like you said. I mean, that's you're you are a you you are the poster child for this. I think, although this year you've been a little more measured. But you you are the you are that kind of guy. Yeah. Looking for the negative, this didn't look good. That didn't look good. I think this year you've been a little more measured. I've been a little been a little surprised. Maybe I'm rubbing off on you a little bit. Something like that. Uh, where are we here? Patrick Swindoll again. Can you explain the appeal of Will Levis and the NFL? I just don't see it. He's big and can throw hard. Yeah. That's, Robbie that's, can explain it real yeah. well because he saw it up close and personal last weekend. Everybody's looking for the next Josh Allen. A big, powerful quarterback, big arm, and they'll figure they can teach him the rest. Josh I didn't Allen watch a though, single is, is snap he, of that game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Allen's a unicorn, <laughs> man. Guys like that, they don't. There's not going to be one every year. So some scout is going to stake his reputation, and some GM is going to stake his reputation, and some coach is going to be tied to this kid. And I feel like they're all three of them are going to be fired in a couple of years. Yeah, and the thing that really, I mean, if you want to say, okay, there's a lot of potential there, which I, which I've said, a lot of potential there. He could be really good. In time, if you want to say that, that's fine. It was really weird during the Ole Miss game how they approached that conversation, the announcers. Yeah. Like, there was no, there was no like, issues with his game at all. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. You, know, he's, he, you know, he can throw the ball 60 yards down the field. He's got a, a cannon for an arm. He's big. He's physical. He's a great leader, all this stuff. But there was no – they didn't mention anything negative about the guy. And then he came out and fumbled on the last two drives. Yeah. He had a safety 
Well, they, I mean, they were they were going on and on about one of his passes. It was an incomplete pass that he where he missed an open receiver. Yeah, I remember that somebody tweeted out a video like, "This is why this guy's going to be yeah. a first round draft pick." He overthrew the guy by five yards. Yeah, guy was open. If you, if you put Russell, the ball in his hands, it's going to be a big play. Jamarcus Russell sat on his knees and yeah. threw, a threw a ball fifty yards. Who cares? Yeah, nobody nobody cares. cares. All right, uh, where are we here? Brian McDuff. When did it become illegal to tackle the quarterback in the NFL? Uh, last weekend. What is going on? Well, it's just an overcorrection. You know, people are that two of things happen now. It's going to be like you can't you can't touch him. Oh, it's just like it, it, that thing with Chris Jones on Monday was terrible. I mean, that was. Yeah. He even like he he even lightly like laid on top of it like it yeah. it was almost like he was doing his best to make sure he didn't hurt it. Yeah, and they still threw a penalty. Yeah. Also from McDuff, do you think there will be a market correction with these BS roughing the passer calls? It seems the blowback is getting pretty loud. <laughs> he just asked if I think the NFL will get something right with the officiating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, McDuff always makes me laugh. What a funny guy. Hilarious. I saw a lot of people last night, by the way, saying that's the worst call I've ever seen. Did it directly impact a team going to the Super Bowl? No? Then it wasn't the worst call you've ever seen. <laughs> it was pretty bad, though. It was pretty bad, but it was not the worst because it did not directly impact the team going to the Super Bowl. So Now, you are a little biased on this. I want you to name me another call in the well, history just, of the NFL. I mean, but no, I mean, that's just like, that's a missed call. But like, if we're taking out the implications of the game and all that, and we're just talking about the, the penalty itself. No, 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 no. We can't take out the implications. Was, it's, we're just talking about it's the worst penalty. call because of the implication. I, okay. Well, whatever. We're 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 going to disagree on this because you changed the rules on things. So let's just move to the next question. Well, we're going to move to the uh, the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. When you're looking to cook out this weekend, should be fantastic weekend weather. We're looking at. If you're watching the game this weekend, it's time to have a cookout, have some family over, and make them really happy with some beef on the grill. Saw a great video today from a guy I follow on YouTube, Chud's Barbecue. Talking about some uh, unique cuts of steak that you should try to find. And I mean, they look fantastic and inexpensive. That's the great thing about beef. There's so much value in it. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money on a on a whole tenderloin or anything like that. You can. It's certainly awesome if you do. But you can find a lot of great cuts out there that will make a fantastic melt-in-your-mouth steak every single time. Check them out. Go to msbeef.org if you need recipes, by the way. they got plenty of them. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats, they know a thing or two about beef at the uh, at Two Brothers, for sure. They know a thing or two thing about pork as well. And chicken. I'm trying to think if there's any other meats we need to be aware of there. I don't think they have any turkey or uh, or lamb on the menu, but you never know. You never know what they're cooking up back there. You just know that it's going to be good. Head over to Two Brothers this weekend if you want to watch college football or just have a good time anytime. And, of course, for lunch, for dinner, any day of the week. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to get smoked Southern soul food. Advantage Business Systems knows what it takes to keep their customers happy. That's why they've been open for 47 years. And you know that that's true, right? You know that there's no way a business could be open for that long unless they took care of their customers. 
So it's an easy solution for you. Whenever you need something done with your business, when you need technology, when you need copiers and printers or laptops or computers or software, whatever it is, you can feel confident when you make the call to Advantage Business Systems that they're going to offer you a great product at a great price. And then when service on those issues, when service on those items are needed, the service is going to be top notch. And I I feel like, you know, I'm not really telling you anything because 47 years speaks for itself. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. It's time to stop worrying about the three-stripe life. It's time to shop at the Rogue, the Rogue.com or the Rogue in Jackson. That's the place to find their collegiate collection, which, guys, has the best-looking quarter zips and polos I've seen recently. Fantastic-looking shirts, great quality and the logos that you want. No more big, outlandish banner M. The quiet, understated M over S, the script state, the walking bully, and more stuff coming. Great stuff that are, that fans are going to want. So head over to the Rogue and Jackson or shop at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. We're shopping at the Rogue. Fly Maroon wants to know, had we played LSU at 11 o'clock, would it have been the same result? It's a good question. I mean, they, they, there's no doubt that LSU plays different at night. Um, that said, I, I'm going to say no. I think there's a good chance that they win that game. Okay. Especially, like, at that point in the year, you know, they had they lost to Florida State a couple weeks earlier. When I was up there, th- the fans didn't seem, like, super confident. And in the stands, they were, you know, not very rowdy. I mean, it was, it kind of felt like they were a little deflated. Now imagine that at 11 a.m. Um, yeah. And I thought in the fourth quarter, they played a major factor in that game. And I just, I don't think State was the same after that muff punt. I think the crowd kind of took over because they realized that the game was there for the taking. So, you know, maybe, I mean, I'm, I might say it'd be different. Okay. Uh, where are we here? From Tucker Medlin. One of my professors gave us three assignments, all due this Friday in the middle of fall break. In his defense, he gave us two weeks' notice on these, but what are your thoughts about professors making homework due in the middle of a break? I gotta say, it's a little shady. A little bit, but like you said, I mean, if you had two weeks to do it, go ahead and get it done. But they, isn't that kind of like two weeks before you're scheduled to take a vacation at work? Your boss says, "Hey, we need this. We need this is due this day, and and it's during your vacation." Now, I mean, I guess you can if if you can get. I guess this is my question: How long did it take you to get this assignment done? If this was an assignment that could have been done in in a couple of days from the time he told you, I don't have a lot of sympathy. But if this was a process that's like it's going to take me the full two weeks to do it, then that's not fair. Make sense? Sure. All righty then. I'm glad you're just going to agree now. <laughs> uh, I love TNL Live, especially the Jack Crystal snippets for the segment intros. Can we add some of that to the everyday podcast intro? I can't imagine starting your day with Jack Crystal would be a bad thing. See, I like to keep. I, I, no offense to Robbie, obviously, but I feel like the. Oh, the, there's a fence. Oh, there's a. Okay. Here, hold on. Let me make a face. Yeah, we can point him with your face. Well, that that was, I don't know what that face was. That's not the face that you used. Anyway, 
I like to keep the Jack Crystal in the live show just because it, it deserves a little punch, you know? So basically uh, the, this show is just a little side project to him that he doesn't treat with a whole lot of respect. Is that how you what feel he, about this? Is that how you feel about what goes on here? That's, that's how I feel that this show gets treated. Really? That that's how you feel. That's how I feel. I will take your feelings into account. Take into consideration. And there it goes right over your shoulder. Just threw it away. All right. Wade Jones. You know, a smart man once said coaches would rather lose their way than win someone else's. That's true. As yeah, coach, man, very an exception to that the past two games. Yes. Yes. He's not coach. This is not his way. No, I, I agree with that. I think, well, and here's the thing like, He's run the football before, and I guess that's what we're talking about here. You know, he's been, he's running the football, um, doing things a little different than what he's done. But I mean, he's he's done that before at Texas Tech and Washington State. I think it's just a matter of state just growing up in this offense a little bit more mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I don't I don't think he's been vastly different than what he's done in the past. Um, he's been vastly different than what he's done his first two. Um, years here, but I, I mean, I, th- I just think it's been a product of everybody kind of growing up and doing their job better in this offense. That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Kyle Bozer asks us, what's the chances Mississippi State uses the MSU interlocking logo this year? I think I speak, Robbie, you know what? Speak for both of us on this one. Uh, they will not be using the interlocking logo this year. That is correct. I think there's a possibility that it happens next year. Mm-hmm. But not this year. I think there's a very, very good chance that you will have an opportunity to buy some gear related to the interlocking uh, logo. But yes, this year, no. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. The Mississippi gas station chicken review. First okay. off, your, your your Twitter bio is a misnomer. It says you're the go-to expert on gas station fried chicken. Incorrect. Alex McDaniel is my go-to expert on fried, gas station fried chicken. Also, there's a guy who does uh, TikToks who is a gas station food uh, review guy. He would be second. So, oh well, I, I, you're, I taking, have a, you're taking quite offense to this uh, offense is to this right Twitter. Word, I'm just saying, you know, let's. It's like the guy the other day who like asked me a question in the middle of the game, and I was like, it says in your Twitter bio, you're the number one source for Mississippi State news and rumors. Maybe you should be telling me. I haven't seen that guy since. No, he. I, I think I got him on that one. I think he's uh, waiting for the Yankees game tonight. He might be. He might be. He did ask us, though, the Mississippi Gas Station Chicken Review. With how the east side upper deck looked this past Saturday, how can we fully expect balconies up there next year, too? I'm sorry. Can we fully expect balconies? I, I think, yeah. I think there will be balconies on the east side next year. I don't. You don't? Mm-hmm. Why not? Just based on the conversations that I've had. Okay. Is it a sun thing? Yeah, I mean that makes which sense. I don't. Which, if that's the case, can you not do something to help? Could you build a shade? That? Could you build like a long shade over the stadium? Yeah, I mean, I one thing that I've that I've been interested in is you know maybe at some point Mississippi State shading the top of the stadium. Yeah, like you know Washington does and team some. Some places like that, yeah. But I don't. I'm. I'm not expecting 
east side um, balconies. But okay. I do think those will be a concept. I'm surprised by that. I'll tell you. I'm, I thought, I thought I, it would I, be a, I was, an easy thing I was to as do. Well. I was yeah. as well. But I think that will be a concept throughout the stadium and other spots, mm-hmm. even in the lower level. And I also expect chairback seats to start making um, their That's way to the stadium there. next year. That's good news there. He also wants to know what's the best chicken we've ever had from a gas station. Bone in, of course. Bone in. Yeah. Because um, if it was boneless, it would have been the old Woody's Nuggets. Oof. So good. I love those. Um, um I don't know. You know, I've I've had you know, one of the spots that I that I had some uh boned fried fried chicken mm-hmm. was uh Cagle's Corner in Ackerman. Okay. Um, good. They always had good plate lunches and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, uh, Blackhawk Truck Stop mm-hmm. in Ackerman. Yeah. A couple of good gas station food stops. So call me, you know, call me a cheater on this one, but crispy, crunchy chicken is as good as Popeye's at times. Oh, yeah. Crispy, crunchy is... That- I don't know why crispy, crunchy isn't like an actual brick and mortar restaurant everywhere you're talking about like the cajun yeah style ch- yeah, yeah. The, they have some good uh tenders too yeah it's good food and biscuits and yes. bi- those biscuits it's good can't beat those biscuits yeah all right steven wants to know quarter of the way through the season how do we feel about the saints and the steelers i'll let you go first not good steven not good at all <laughs> yeah same here same here. Things aren't going well. At least you are winning some games. I mean, we've got two wins, and really, we should only have one. But we'll see oh, what it's a disaster! Bank. All right. In what Pittsburgh. are our thoughts on the Bray Wyatt return? I mean, I'm excited for it. It was unbelievable the other night. I, I, I had, it was in the middle of the Alabama game, and I had to turn the Alabama game all, yeah. off. Yeah, my buddy like, said. I'm not, I think, I'm, I'm not paying attention to this. I'm watching. Bray my Wyatt. buddy was like, "Oh my god, they just turned the lights off, and everybody's got their cell phones on." So I flipped over to P- Peacock just in time, and that yeah. thing was that return was pretty cool. Uh, and okay, uh, Matthew Watkins, you talked a lot about Tulu. They got him more involved in the offense. You talked about Austin and Wally, two touchdowns last week. Which receiver are you advocating for this week? This this feels like a Caleb ducking week. Couple of red zone scores for him. Sounds good to me. All right. Try to get the waddle. Somebody asked me, "Can you do the uh, Caleb ducking waddle?" I was like, "That's just how I walk." Yeah. What's what's the that's difference? What it looks like when I get out of the car. What are you talking about? What's a restaurant? Also from Matthew Watkins here. What's a restaurant you do not need a menu for? And what's your order? I mean, two brothers, um, restaurant Tyler, mm-hmm. a restaurant Tyler. I'm either going, um, the, for lunch, the fried catfish with butter beans and sweet potato, mm-hmm. or I'm going fried chicken with mashed potatoes and butter beans. Mm-hmm. So two brothers is definitely one. I want uh, six smoked wings. I want two chicken chipotle tacos, and I want a side of mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. The camp house is one. I just want my mac and cheese that I have there. Uh, uh, Tyler, what's your what's your mac and cheese? It's a penne pasta with pepper jack and parmesan cheese, uh, smoked sausage and shrimp, and spicy Cajun seasoning. Oh, that's good. 
I want a restaurant, Tyler. I'm going to go fried chicken, extra crawfish sauce uh, with cheese grits and mac and cheese. And then there's one I can't believe you didn't mention. But for me, Waffle House. Pecan waffle, bacon rare, and hash browns scattered, a double order of hash browns scattered, double chunked, and triple covered. Rare bacon. So it's not, people get confused by that. It's not that it's undercooked. It's not, it's not rare. It just means I don't want it super crispy. I want it to have some chill. Yeah. That's what that's what you can ask for your bacon to be rare or underdone, and they will do that for you. Yeah, I just like it how they cook it. Yeah, I don't like super crispy bacon. I like it to have a little chew to it. Well, the the one that that they usually cook is not really super crispy. Okay. Well, I've had, and I don't I don't turn my nose up at super crispy bacon. It's still good. It's still bacon, but I do like it to have a little chew to it. All right, uh, where are we here? Jay in Baltimore, the Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, and Titans all made significant changes to historic helmet logos. What is your favorite NFL logo from the past? I love the Broncos' old uniforms. That's a good choice. Um, I Patriot. I love the old Patriots. The which which ones? The, the one where the, the guy, the the guy snapping snapping the football. Yes, we had that. We had that logo, at Winston. Okay. Several yeah. years, long time. It's in the in the eighties and nineties, I think, the seventies. Uh-huh. And I like the Buccaneer with the knife in his mouth and the the creamsicle jerseys. I like that too. You like those? Just just for it's a, just, it's a polarizing. Just as uniform. a throwback, I wouldn't want him to wear them all the time. But when I see it, it just reminds me of being a kid. Yeah, that that's definitely a, a, a polarizing uniform. Yeah. Uh. Let's see here, Chase. We've Chase. We've answered your question in like multiple podcasts, so we're gonna we're gonna skip you, buddy. Uh, Caleb Hamill asks us if we could be WWE commentators for a live broadcast together. First off, that would be a lot of fun. What's mm-hmm. funny about it is, is that from a size perspective, I am Gorilla Monsoon, but from a personality perspective, I feel like I'm more Bobby the Brain. Sometimes, yeah. Is that sometimes we flip it? Yeah, I mean, we're both very capable of being snarky. Will you stop? Uh, so anyway, he wants to know, would we do it? Holy crap. Yes. I mean, can you imagine if WWE called us? We're like, hey, we want you two to call one, a, a match. I mean, there is no destination they could say that I wouldn't fly to. If we were part of Crown Jewel, I'm on the next plane to the homeland. Let's go. I might, I might to the homeland. I might uh, <laughs> actually pay for it. Yeah. You don't have to pay me. Hey, I'll do they do maroon memories for WWE? Right. <laughs> I'm in. All right. What past match do you wish you could have been a part of, and what would be your catchphrase? The catchphrase is tough because those feel like they're kind of are, are organic. So maybe like we take one from this. Like, he is absolutely putrid. Putrid. Yes, the putrid might do it. So what's the match that you and I are going to call? I feel like we need one where, like, clearly I'm on the heel side and you're on the face side or the other way around. So that we're, you know, it's going back and forth. Where where are we going here? Uh, Shawn Michaels, I mean, uh, WrestleMania 25. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If we have handled um, that moment. I don't know. I would love to do a Royal Rumble. Just the madness that is that the Royal Rumble. Like the, like the 90s. Austin Rumble. Hart, WrestleMania 13. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just picking great matches. So I'm, yeah, I'm, but not I'm thinking about like those. where there's clearly defined heel and. And, and and face and of course in that one you, you have the swap. 
But or maybe maybe the the WrestleMania 17 Austin Rock match when mm-hmm. Austin turns heel. Yeah. That was a that was kind of a, you know, a back and forth with Jim Ross and Paul Heyman that Yeah. was Why, amplified. Damn it. Why? Yeah, and the, like Paul Heyman's just going nuts too, going on crazy, the other end. Yeah. So also, we want to do Heat Wave 99 so we could be there when D- Bubba Ray Dudley cut that promo on the crowd. <laughs> when he was at, when he was telling the woman to hit him in the face. And yeah, exactly. Uh, Steve Mormon on people and stuff. Yeah. Steve Mormon, what was more impressive in Saturday's win, the offensive line play and the running backs or the defense bending but not breaking in the red zone? It's the offensive line. Yeah. They, they were the most consistent. What would have been the defense, the defense still not bending? Yeah, I mean the defense was still giving up some big plays and yeah. stuff, but the the offense was kind of steady the entire game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, R.J. Sweatman asks us, "The way we're running the ball, can we even call ourselves an air raid offense?" Absolutely, it's the concept. Yeah, it's still the it's still the concept of the air raid. You're just it's just being opened up more by what you're doing running the football, right? There's I mean, a misconception was, with the air raid, like it, they, yeah. it's supposed to be just you know you drop back and throw it sixty times a game, right? That's not really what that what it means, right? Also from RJ, how many viewers do you think football in general loses due to truly bad officiating and bogus rules like the roughing of the passer penalty? Zero. Yeah, I don't think anybody turns it off. I just think people get ticked. Okay, so again, the Saints four years ago. There was a call that went against them that literally kept them out of the Super Bowl. How many Saints games do you think I've not watched on TV since? Zero. I imagine you've watched all of them. I have watched every time the Saints have been on television, I have watched. So, And I mean, it can't get any more egregious for me than that. I'll tell you what will make you turn off the television. Mm. People like the Steelers being as bad as they are. Yeah, that's what makes people to do stop with the watching is when it's just painful to watch your team. I just I can't watch that offense anymore, so I'm just going to keep up with it on Twitter and and maybe like a game cast or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not watching them play football until something improves. I agree. Not, it has nothing to do with the referees. No, I agree. I agree. Ed Phillips wants to know, if we had to fight one of these animals... With no weapons besides your body, so only your hands and feet, who would you rather fight? A leopard, an ostrich, a kangaroo, or a black bear? And do you think you could win? Ostrich. Oh, an ostrich will kick you in the head and kill you immediately. Well, an, a leopard's going to chase you down and rip you apart. A kangaroo might not kill you, but you're going to get into a boxing match with it. Black bear will maul you. So, well, black bears are not not nearly as aggressive as they are, grizzlies. but it's still a huge animal. It's still a bear. I'm going kangaroo, and I, I don't think kangaroo I kangaroo probably because you make a good point about the ostrich. I mean, they they're very they can be aggressive. They can peck you. Yeah, they got those. They got they have razor sharp talons. Like remember that video of the kangaroo where like the the yeah. kangaroo was fighting the dog or whatever. Yeah, and the, the guy came out of nowhere like, and they started boxing. And they punched him in the face, and the yeah. kangaroo looked at him like. You have the best chance to win against the kangaroo, I think. They don't have claws, or if they do, I've never really seen them. They don't have fangs. Yeah, well, the the weird thing about kangaroos is, like, they look jacked. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like a leopard, if it gets hold of your arm, you're going to bleed out. 
Like oh yeah, bite through, and that's you're same thing bite. with the same thing with the bear. Yeah, so you you, you don't want to fight anything with fangs. Right. All right. I agree. Here's the question we've been waiting on, Joel Coleman. Woo, my dear Brian. As referenced in a Monday text, nearly two years ago to the day of this tweet, you had a bit of an overreaction to a certain QB's debut on TNL version 1.0 with yours truly. Where does this rank on your long list of overreactions? We'll simply say that a thing that was true was I was not buying the Will Rogers hype. It's what I said. I remember listening to that mm-hmm. after that game. And thinking he's and exactly I, like, right. No, I text you and I was like, <laughs> I, I text you, I was like, this is an overreaction. Like, oh, this, well. Let him grow up a little bit. I mean, where does it rank on my overreaction? I have no idea. It's I mean, up I've there. had so many of them, but it's got to be. It's up there. It's you be. had that one and then you had, you know, Mike Leach was started talking about the hire it, on that show. It may have been like the yeah. hire was not a good hire and all that. I mean, it, it was just the king of overreactions. That was an overreaction. You're the king of negative overreactions. Yeah, I'll really never overreact, overreact positively. I'll never be on right. every like we are winning the national title. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Joel. We appreciate you, uh, Jeffrey Chancellor. Why, have we gotten any word as why the games have been shot through my daughter's ViewMaster? Are you old enough to remember the ViewMaster? Absolutely. Great toy. You get like you can have one of mm-hmm. like Disney World. Oh yeah, it had all the super like all those stuff. Yeah. Well, you could see like you know Magic Kingdom and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had a I had a viewfinder, a Viewmaster. There you go. Better toy, Viewmaster or Etch a Sketch? I was not very good at Etch a Sketch. It was I'm going Viewmaster. Like the lines went straight, and I couldn't ever figure out like where do I turn it. So I, I like the the Viewmaster better. It, it required no skill whatsoever. I agree. I agree with you. Um, all right, MSU Pace. Uh, are we now a consistent seven to nine win football team, or are we completely fooled? I mean, I got to. Can we let the season finish before I answer that question? How would I know right now? The state's got five wins. They could. They could go five and seven. I don't think they will, but they could. Let's, let's let the season play out, guys. Um, what's the one component of your job that you enjoy the most? I'm gonna let you go first because mine is gonna make people might make people angry. Um, just covering sports in general. I mean, just that is the job is is pretty amazing. So, I mean, that's part of it. Um. The, the 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 to me the being able to do different things like covering high school sports and covering uh, Mississippi State like going from that extreme like one extreme to another I, I really enjoy that and not, and not really having like a mundane eight to five job like I don't know what my hours are going to be I don't know what I'm going to do on a single day mm. like that stuff is fun. For me, and like I said, the answer might uh might be upsetting to some, but a long day at work for me is like six hours. That's a long day. You know, I do this podcast, normally takes about an hour to do everything. I do the three hour show. So the average work day for me is four hours. I might have another day where I interview a couple other people. And then you have the day on Wednesday. That's probably my longest day where I'm home by seven. But I mean, you know. The only other time work is longer is a day I'm at a game. So that's what I like the most. And I feel like I deserve it. 
want to point out for work, all those years of working 60 hour weeks plus at Papa John's. I deserve this. Yeah, you you deserved a little change of pace there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the 901 Stark Dog, what would be more impressive Saturday? A defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, or making every field goal an extra point? Well, the way it's gone this year, I think it's the latter. Yeah. That's that's I don't know what to expect with kicking game moving forward, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Jason wants to know, is there a world where Will gets an invite to New York without beating Bama or Georgia? What say you? I don't think so. Me either. I Me think either. I think to, to be in the Heisman discussion, he's going to have to win one of those games. If he does win one of those games, I, there's a chance. Right. Uh, but, the, you know, it's, it's just going to be hard. That it, it seems like the Heisman revolves around the team that's competing for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. More than anything, sadly. Yeah, if you have a lot of like RJ three the year he won the Heisman, RG three. I'm sorry, um, he had stupid stats. They only won like nine ten games, but his stats were so ridiculous that he got in. So that's what Rogers can have the ridiculous stats, but he's got to have the wins too. He got to still win like nine ten games, and you're gonna have to beat one of those big teams. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Jason also wants to know. Which was better, the MJF return or the Bray Wyatt return? I go Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, definitely, because, I mean, I I told you that that was MJF when he came out there in that devil yeah. mask, and then he the, – it was kind of anticlimactic how he came out. Yeah. The Bray Wyatt thing was pretty sick. That was That was really original. Yeah. A lot of cool uh, concepts in that whole deal. Agreed. Sheldon Nations, what would be your defensive game plan against MSU? Rather than me answer this, and Robbie, or Robbie, if you want to give it a try, that's fine. I would tell you to start, scroll down just a little bit and listen to my interview I did with Cole Kublik. I asked him that very question. Okay. Do you want to just force people to listen to that? Yes. Okay. Maybe if you've got an answer, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. But I think people will also be interested in Cole's thoughts. Well, mine would be to put a whole lot of pressure on Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Or whoever's playing. Oh, against MSU. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I mis- completely misread that. I I was thinking he was saying. You know what? Let me make sure MSU. I read it right. No, he, he yeah, is. Yeah. I'm looking at him. Okay. Um, it it would be to it would also be to pressure Will Rogers. I'm I'm not going to put three down linemen mm-hmm. or five men in the box. I'm going to show. I'm going to bring some. Stunts and some twists. I'm going to bring some pressure from the defensive backfield. I'm putting pressure on Will Rogers and making him uncomfortable back there. Yeah. What's the more likely loss for Georgia this year, Tennessee at home or in Starkville? I say it's Tennessee. Uh, yeah, that's probably the answer. Just because it's not I think for to go on the road, but I still think it's Tennessee. I just think Tennessee's a better team than State. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, dear old state, ask us. Wait a minute, hold on. Dear, I gotta say, dear old state, you said that you were Team Robbie, so let's skip those questions. Uh, Hail oh. State Muse. See, that's how it works, guys. I'm a pe- I am a petty human being. Wow. Just let y'all know that. I, don't, I guess they didn't know, Robbie. You knew. Well, folks, you're you're seeing the. I just. I mean, I just. This, the, 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 the real real Brian hated ads being exposed right in front of you. Uh, I mean, I tried look, to tell you people. I'll, I'll ask. I'll answer because I like one of these questions. Um, one of them we kind of answered. 
What do you think it will take for Mississippi State football to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to preseason predictions from the media? Consistent winning. Yeah, it's going to have to be. I mean, because, you know, next year they're returning Will Rogers, some of those guys, so they'll probably have some hype around them. Mm -hmm. But most years you're going to see Mississippi State fifth or sixth, maybe seventh in the West, things like that. I mean, people just don't have the respect. They were on they the just, verge. They really of just it. kind of fly under the radar most of the time. They're, they're not very flashy uh, as a program and things like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to take you know a couple of eight and nine win seasons in a row. They were on the verge in 2018. I think yeah. they were picked third in the West that year, and of course they, they laid an egg. If they had been good that year, if they had been ten and two like they should have been. They probably would still be getting the benefit of that, but instead. They 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 underachieved, and then they went the next three years six and seven three and seven, uh, seven and six. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just that simple. Uh, Hale State Muse, whatever happened to the Starkville NIL Club? Is that is that not up and running any longer? I haven't seen anything from that. I, I just think well, that was a. It, it's just it's it's people that are doing this across the country. They're taking like 10% of the cut. I heard it was like 18%. Whatever it is. I mean, it's just, it seems like kind of scammy. Yeah. And I'll, I just don't, I don't $10, think it's going to monthly goal and only got 3,200. Yeah. I don't think people are going to jump on board with that when they know Charlie, they know kind of what the, the Bulldog initiative is. I just don't think people trust it. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, Jill says, considering we have Bamba the next week, how does it? How does this influence how you would like to see this weekend's game with Tennessee play out? I myself don't want to face them after a loss. Seem we caught them last year after the A and M game, but that didn't have anything to do with what happened on the field. I mean, they were they were definitely locked in. I think they were going to win anyway. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it, the them being a little bit better in that game, it helped that they lost the week before. Yeah. I, I don't think like, it matters this like, week either. Every time they lose in the regular season, it's before they play state. Yeah, it's right. You're not wrong. And the, and Nick Saban, I don't think has has lost like back to back. Maybe like in maybe like ever there or hadn't been for like a decade or something. I mean, it just it just doesn't lose back to back games. Yeah, I agree. Rogan Fairchild, with the regular season halfway over, are there any questions from the preseason media poll that you think you'll be way off the mark on? I don't know about way off the mark, but Rodgers isn't going to get to 5,000 yards. I'm going to be way off on uh, Jaden Wally being leading receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had Ra Ra, so I still have a chance there. Uh, also, he wants to know, who was your first celebrity crush? Topanga Lawrence. It's a good choice. What's her I real name? Be Come on. Daniel Fischel. Okay. I'll I didn't know her as Daniel Fischel. I, 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 I listen. I, I don't... I don't know her as I didn't know her as Daniel Fischel. I, I knew her yeah, as yeah, yeah, Daniel I know. Lawrence. I knew Alyssa Milano as Alyssa Milano. That that was my first one. Uh, wasn't she? Wasn't she in the uh, that Bruce Springsteen? No, that uh, was Courtney Cox. Video? Was that Courtney Cox? Mm -hmm. I thought it was Alyssa Milano for uh, some no, reason. No. Okay. Uh, Ford Polk. Why do restroom doors swing in and, and not out? Basically, guarantees you have to toe touch the door handle. So a lot of door handles now they put that that thing where you can grab it with your foot. The one at the end, the, yeah, the press box has that now. 
Yeah, I, I tried to use it one time during 2020, and it, it wasn't working very well, so I was just like, I'll just screw it. Yeah. If you wash your hands, these aren't an issue, by the way. Right. Uh, also from Ford, is Kevin Sumlin laughing right now? Probably. He's probably still getting paid by Texas A&M and Arizona. Yeah, he's he's definitely a millionaire Yeah, and shouldn't have any cares and or worries in the world right now. What is he doing? Do we know? Is he coaching? No idea. Uh, he's probably just sitting at home right now. Uh, last one from uh, from Ford. Tennessee hasn't played in Starville since 12, Georgia since 10, State hasn't played at Florida since 10, and State will play at South Carolina for the first time in seven years and the first time at South Carolina since 2013. This is absolutely terrible. Do you have, any, have you heard how they'll do it with Texas and Oklahoma joining? There's going to be a setup to allow every team to play every team in a five-year period, I believe. Yeah, that th- they'll change that in the next couple of years. Yeah, so you're you, gonna, you will so see. You, basically, what they're saying is a, red, a kid a who redshirts and plays five years will go everywhere in the conference. Yeah, and every team will come. Which to how start. it should be, right? Uh, Austin Rogers, is there a path for a nine and three state to make the Sugar Bowl? And I would say no, because I think Tennessee will be ten and two at worst, and they'll just be ranked ahead of them. And the number one SEC team not in the playoff goes to the Sugar right. Bowl, right? Right. Yeah. So that'll be that. So you, the only way you could, you could have it's not it's not possible because they're not getting three SEC teams in the playoff. Mm-mm. Or could they? All right. Let me ask you this: Tennessee beats Alabama, loses to Georgia. Georgia stays undefeated all the way through. So they go to the SEC championship game to play Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, they're all 11 and 1. They've all beaten each other. What happens? They're all they all have one loss. Yeah. The one of them will get left out. The the playoff will not put 3 in there. God, can you imagine? Whoever, well, somebody's going to lose the SEC championship. But that, that's what I said. But you're, you're saying if Georgia loses the SEC championship, right. that's their only play. loss. They lose to Alabama. Alabama loses to Tennessee. Tennessee loses to Georgia. I think they'll probably take Georgia and Bama because they were the two. Because Georgia won the East. Tennessee that would suck, mad. But they did. did, Didn't they do that with Texas A and M? Didn't Texas A and M only have one loss three years ago? Two years ago, twenty twenty. They have one loss or two losses. They lost to Bama. I think that was it. Okay. Yeah. 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 They were eight and one. So they took. But they didn't take two SEC teams because Florida won the East, and they well, they had like three losses. Georgia didn't win the East in twenty. No, not in twenty twenty. Florida did. Are you sure? Yes. Kyle Trask. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess they just had one SEC team. Yeah. But I remember a lot of people being upset that A and M didn't make it. I I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So. What is going on? All right. Um, next question comes to us from Elmer Fudd. Should I uh, answer it uh, in Elmer Fudd voice? Yes, you should. Very good. Is it okay to say that MSU has an elite wed zone offense through the first half of the season? It's not elite compared to last season. A <laughs> wheat. <laughs> you like that? A <laughs> wheat. Uh, I think State's 20 of 21 in scoring touchdowns in the red zone this year. 
Yeah, and they've scored like 15 straight touchdowns or that's a like huge that. difference I mean, from I mean, you, we we talked about that all last year like they cannot score in the red zone. This team always scores in the red zone. Well, not only that, they've been they were they were bad in the first quarter mm-hmm. last year and they're now they're outscoring teams 66 to 7. Yeah. Yeah. The only team that scored on them was Arizona. They fixed their problems. Yeah, they have. I mean, that's and that's the definition of of taking steps yeah. as a program. Yeah. I mean, literally, they gotten better. They've made huge jumps every single year. Yeah, and every year it seems like what was bad the the year previous they fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexandra Watson, if you were to get a personalized tag that you wanted people to know was you, but you didn't want your name, what would it say? Ask me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered what I would put on a tag, and I just don't know. I think it would be Falk my life. That's a lot. How many? How much can you fit on the tag? That is a lot. That's that's a uh, nine. That's eleven characters there. So what? T H A N D L I. What? Thunder and lightning. Oh. Uh. That way, people like is that, and but they don't know. It doesn't say hey dad on there. Oh yeah, that works. Yeah. For you. Um, It'd be like uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. See, like Falk twenty four seven would be great. Actually, I got a really good one, but I can't. I can't. I'm not gonna say it because your mom's listening. Now that I think about it, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll think of another one. I'll see if I can think of one for you. Uh, Alexandra Watson, if you got a boat, what would you name it? The Stugats. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even Jenny. kidding. I would name it the Stugats. Might as well. It's a great name. What about you? Would you if you had a boat, my, my druthers <laughs> from uh, my druthers, which, which was on uh, uh, what's the, what's the show? The uh, Outer Banks. Okay, I didn't see that, but okay. the, the boat's name is my druthers. I got you. Oh, uh, let's see here. Rumbling bully ask us. When Mullen was coach, State was very cyclical and going from mediocre to good over four-year spans then restarting, also including Moorhead's inherited team from Mullen. Will Coach Mike Leach teams work in this cycle, or will there be more consistency? I mean, when you look ahead to, like, 2024, which is when I think Will Rogers will be gone, it's fair to think that team Mike will take a step back because they will have an inexperienced quarterback. It depends. It depends on who's still here. Um, who they add in the transfer portal, stuff like that. It just depends on the personnel, I think. It does. But, but I, I think like I said, I think it's fair when you lose a, a guy who's a four-year starter at quarterback to say yeah. probably going to take a step back this year. Yeah, but one thing I'll say is I think that Leach is, has been a more consistent coach than Dan Mullen was. Agreed. I agree with that. I agree with that. So I, I trust Leach more than I do Mullen. Ethan Brazil asks us, traditionalists here, but thoughts on hanging my Christmas lights while it's still warm. White strand on a white house. Last year it was 35 degrees with 20 mile per hour north winds when I hung them. I want your thoughts first. I've never really been upset about Christmas lights being up, you know, at different points of the year. My parents have their Christmas tree up year round. The house I'm staying in right now, the Christmas tree has been up 
for like since Christmas. Yeah. So um, I don't get upset about that stuff. You do what you think is best. I mean, it's you're the one that's going to be out there in the elements. I absolutely hate getting Christmas decorations whenever it's cold and rainy, things like that, like around Thanksgiving time. hate that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fault you at all if you decide to go ahead and put those out. What I'm going to say is this. I absolutely despise the idea of Christmas before Christmas time. All right. Halloween deserves its time. Thanksgiving deserves its time. And then it's Christmas time. However, I will agree with you that, that the elements he's describing are not suitable for, for doing work on the house. So I will compromise. I'm, I'm going to eat grilled cheese off the radiator here. I'm going to compromise. I would say you can hang them, but they're not allowed to be on until December 1st. You're not a big Christmas lights guy, like at, you know, through different stages of the year. No. Like you, you don't want them on your back porch or I anything don't. like that. Well, if they're on the back porch and they're helping like light the, the gazebo or whatever, that's one thing. But if you've got them hanging on the front of the house, those are Christmas lights. They should be lit at Christmas time. No, I agree, in- I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. Making compromises every day on this show. Uh, Shelby Beach, what percentage chance would you give this receiving core staying together? This has to be one of, if not the deepest group of receivers in the country. Well, I mean, you're talking about like for next year, obviously Austin Williams will be gone and Jameer Calvin will be gone. Um, I think it's fair to think Jaden Wally will be gone. I'm uh, I'm not doing that. I'm just I'm not going to project. I'm talking about. He'll just try, take his chances at the next level. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna be possible. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, he can't. I, I guess he can, but yeah. that's not. He's gonna got be enough advised. film. Nobody's gonna advise that. We live in a world where, in the last decade, two receivers left Mississippi State early and went undrafted. Somebody's advising it. And those two receivers were Fred Ross. Not no. Bear, Bear Wilson, who yeah. was Mississippi State's number one receiver, yeah. and Makai Polk, the single season I know, pass look, catcher. I, I agree. Not, I agree that those guys seven are better. Receiver. I agree with everything you're saying. But when you say that nobody's going to advise that, somebody will advise it. I mean, maybe somebody that's like that's not very smart. Yes, somebody, I, I, you're, 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 we're on the same page. But I mean, I mean, someone of influence that you that know, he man. might listen to. I, I don't see that at all. all right. Well, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. maybe he maybe he does. I, I mean, I guess he can, but I don't think that that's gonna. I don't think the good news is, in terms of keeping people happy, there's plenty of balls to go around. So everybody's getting catches that, that they want to get catches right. Tulu, Ra Ra, Ducking, or oh, Ducking will be gone next year too, right? Yes. So we'll see. I mean. You're you're about to lose um Austin Williams and Jameer Calvin in the slot. Uh, is there anybody Caleb else? Ducking. And Caleb Ducking. Is there anybody else in the slot? No. Caleb Ducking's on the outside. No. But that's two guys right there. I mean Yeah. That's ahead of Wally. Yeah. So uh, I mean you're not gonna keep everybody together. There's gonna be somebody that transfers. Right. I, I don't think anybody's going to leave early, but I mean, like you said, you never know. But I think the bulk of this group should be returning, and you're adding some talented players. Yeah. 
Kurt wants to know, if forced into duty, which one of you would have a better chance of kicking an extra point? I'm voting you. I tried to kick some in high school. I was okay. If, no, I, never, if, I, practiced, if I practiced enough, I could do it. Now, the answer, not one of us, but it's the new proprietor of the On3 site. Stephen Augustinelli. Yeah. Legit kicker could kick, could be consistent from 40 yards in. Is he a straight on no. toe kicker? No. Really? Soccer style? Soccer style. The Augustinelli really? family played a lot of soccer as kids. I I really want to see him kick a football. So he doesn't have any film on that. If he if he heard if he hears this, he will set up a time for you to come watch. All right. He he, he will he wants he to show it. it off, huh? Yeah, he'll show off the leg. The golden toe from yeah. St. Al. There you go. Uh, Hunter Boland, last Saturday, I took my daughter, who is seven weeks old, to her first state game. I know she won't remember anything, but I will. What is the first state game you remember going to as a kid? What's yours? Uh, I, I still remember the Texas game. 91? 91. How old were you? Just, just, I just remember just bits and pieces. I was How two years old. Two? Yes. I just remember. Well, the reason I remember is because I fell off the bleachers onto the concrete. Maybe. And I just remember a little bit. Maybe you had a concussion. I don't know. The first game I vividly remember is the 97 Egg Bowl. How old were you? I was eight. Eight. Yeah. My first game that I remember, I would have been five, is 1981 in Jackson, Mississippi State versus USM. Both teams from the top fifteen, and state lost seven to six. I think we've talked about this before. I think too. so too. Yeah, but it's a good question. I, I enjoyed reliving the memories. Brad Baxter can state go on a run similar to twenty thirteen Auburn early loss on the road to LSU magical wins against Georgia and Alabama. I mean, if you're asking me, I would say no. Could they? Sure. Are they going to? I don't think so. That's asking a lot. It's asking a lot. Uh, is the kicker position the biggest position gap between the NFL and the college level? What I would say is this. When you have an NFL kicker in college, you know it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's apparent early. Yeah, it's like as a freshman, you're like, this kid can kick. Whereas court, there are a lot of quarterbacks who are like, that guy looks like a pretty good quarterback, and they do nothing in the NFL. They don't even yeah. get drafted sometimes. So. Uh Will Chandler, with his acrobatic coming-out-of-nowhere picks this year, Emmanuel Forbes is taking his game to another level. Based only on his production at MSU, is he the best DB ever at State? I think he is. We get to play another round of my favorite game. Uh, no, I mean, that's, that's saying a lot. My favorite game is, why do Mississippi State fans hate Jonathan Banks so much? Yeah. The guy or won Fred. the Thorpe Award. He won the, the award for the best defensive back in America. So unless Forbes wins that, no. I mean, Fred Smoot's up there. He only played two years. Yeah. Walt Harris is up there. But he, I think I think he's in the I think he's in the top five cornerbacks. Yeah, he's in the discussion. But the number one guy, I mean, I I got he's go still back. got now if he comes Slay back. Slay only played like a year and a half. Yeah, if he comes back next year. Got and he has he has five or six picks, and he's 
and all American. The thing about Banks is all American. Yeah. Un, un, not not just all American. Undisputed, a unanimous first team all American. Every uh, team first team all American. And I think people think they think back at that Ole Miss game and mm-hmm. it wasn't a good good showing from Banks. But he I was mean, good his entire career. I think I mean, the NFL he, thing gets him too. People like he wasn't a very good pro. But uh, again, Will's question says based on what he did at MSU, he won the award. This would be seriously like if 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 uh, if JJ Johnson had won the Doak Walker, and you were asking yeah. me, do I think somebody is a better running back? No, I don't. He won the award to be the best in the country. So no. yeah, he is. He's number one until somebody can do that, and then right. you can start comparing stats and all that. Yeah. Tony Harlow asked. By the way, Tony Harlow tagged you your SDN a Twitter account, which I never. I don't even follow that account. Thanks a lot. Thanks well, for I mean, supporting I my other venture. I you know why I don't you know why I don't follow it because Danny you don't because you know, Danny P Smith retweets everything you say into my timeline, so I don't need to follow it twice. Well, there you go. Uh, he wants to know, did ESPN forget to send Saturday's sideline reporter her wardrobe? Her at, at attire was casual Friday times three jeans and tennis shoes. I have no idea. I didn't see her. Don't know. Well, she was the one that, that Leach was walking with, uh, back to the locker room and she was like standing in his way and he just stopped to get her to move her out of the. I, I've I, I videoed that if you want to if you want to watch that again to go see what her tire was. All right, I'll, I will do that then. Uh, let's see here. A lot of questions today. We weren't kidding. Uh, Jace Caldwell, what was the bigger mistake? Having Mississippi ranked Mississippi State ranked towards the bottom of the standings preseason, or not having Tulu on a special teams preseason spot? Well, I mean, they're both kind of equally bad. Well, I mean, the thing uh, about was it probably was, the more egregious thing. I mean, the guy people should have known he was one of the better return men. The thing about it was, I mean, the after Alabama, everybody in the West was kind of bunched together. So, I mean, I can't really get too upset about the people that thought State was going to be sixth in, in the SEC West. The Tulu thing, I mean, he's he's been he's been you know what he is at kick returner now for three years. Yeah, almost every time he touches the the ball on a kick return, he has a thirty. It's yard thirty return. plus yards. Yeah. So what? I mean, what are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, he had a kick sense. return for a touchdown last year. Was even second team. So uh, also from Jace, Robbie, you are toe to toe with my uncle Matt, who is Matt Caldwell. What wrestling move are you using to attempt to pin him? You got to go low. Oh my God, Matt is a is a is a tree. You got to go chop block into the figure four. I mean, it's you got to take out his knees yeah. because he has Andre the Giant hands. You want to like maybe like, fr- like frying pan hands. You want to go like the uh, drop kick to the knee. Yeah, I mean you're going to have to. He's the big show basically. Yeah, yeah you got to get him down. You got to get him. You got to get the big tree down, and then you know if you get him on that level, mm-hmm. you might have a chance. But I mean, I'm going to have to have a kendo stick, a steel chair. I mean, it's going to take a lot. Dr. Tim Watley, DDS. I saw a man at the game with a Russell Athletic Banner M State polo shirt. Oof. Ugh. So, I mean, that's just rough. Should Russell yeah. Athletic have gone into doomsday prepper clothing instead of athletics because of the apocalyptic durability of their clothes? It's insane. State hasn't worn Russell since 2008. That's 14 years ago. 
So unless Russell's still making shirts, that's a 14-year-old shirt at its at its youngest. And it's still in good shape, evidently. That's just nuts. I mean, I just can't I can't imagine. Uh Reed Green. Rogers is on pace for just over forty five hundred yards. What needs to happen for him to reach your preseason prediction of passing yards? He needs like three huge games. He's going to have to start. He's going to have to start stacking four hundred yard games. He would need to be over four hundred against Kentucky, Auburn, and East Tennessee. Yeah, if he does that, the other three games he got a chance. Uh, Don't have a game. Don't have a game like you did against LSU. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mangum Cafe, what is your pushing a cart in a grocery store posture? Just. Push the cart, man. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what you're asking me. Just push the cart in front of me. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know where that question. I don't. I don't understand. Um, well, he's saying, you know, are you leaning a certain way? Are you no. kind of crouching stand- down? Or no, just standing up, standing straight. Yeah, I feel like I'm just standing up and uh, pushing the cart. Okay. So. Also from Mangum Cafe, are we considered QBU when we hold the SEC career rushing and passing records? It's a good question, but it's it really is about getting getting them getting them drafted. That's yeah. what when you when so somebody talks about blank blank you know, position U, it's about guys in the NFL. Exactly. So what is QBU in the SEC then? Is it Florida? Um you know, it's probably Alabama right now. They have three yeah, NFL they have three right now. But like historically, I'm trying to think, like Tennessee um, maybe. But they just have Peyton. Tennessee Manning. had Peyton Manning. Yeah, Ole Miss had the Mannings, two Mannings, Archie and Eli, but nobody else. Um, Florida. I mean, Werfel. They, Florida has three Heisman Trophy winners that are quarterbacks, but none of them did much in the NFL. I mean, Alabama's making a case with the the three they have, now, which yeah. Mac Jones has been hurt. And but, of course, Alabama. You know, had Joe Namath. Had yep. Ken Stabler. Kenny Stabler. So, yeah, we'll go with Alabama. AJ McCarron was there for a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. McElroy had a little cup of coffee in the NFL. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Andrew Norwood, what is the most cursed game this week in the SEC? It's Georgia Vanderbilt. I mean, that's just going to be an ugly, disgusting football game. Ugh. I won't watch it. I probably yeah. won't watch a single snap of that. Yeah. Uh, also, he asked, "Hockey or rugby? Hockey? I never. I would. Ne- I don't ever watch rugby. Definitely hockey. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually wearing a hockey T-shirt today. I've got my my oh, Winnipeg Jet shirt on. Yay! Yeah. Melissa Caldwell. I'm curious. I know that you two are professionals and watch the game in a professional setting. But do you ever get excited, yell and cheer when we score, make a big stop? Curious if you two get excited up in the box. Thanks. Love the show. No. We we yell because it's loud. It's loud. But as far as like, we're not like yes or anything like that yeah. there when they score. Am I excited inside? Yeah, yeah, I am. I I'll... conditioned myself when I was in college. Yeah, in two thousand seven, not to cheer in the press box. Yeah, and that carried over from working with public relations to covering the team. I've never, I, I even when Morgan William hit that shot against UConn, mm-hmm. like I never even didn't flinch. I wouldn't flinch. I just went to my computer and typed in all caps, Morgan Williams. The closest I've ever been was the 2019 Super Regional with Stanford. When McNamee hit that home run, I remember 
looking to come off his bat, and I and I said pretty loudly, "Are you blanking kidding me?" Yeah, but I didn't cheer. I just that's what I said. I I pretty much said the same thing. I mean, yeah. it was just because it was it it's was so like incredible. a storybook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the dude. Do you think State will ever have any pass catchers that set records that will be hard to break, like what Will is doing with passing records? Possibly. Possibly. The problem is that others, like Alabama has guys who catch 70, 80 passes a year, too. So it's just not as unique. Yeah. That's true. But, so like a guy like Ra-Ra Thomas, he didn't get off to the best freshman campaign. I mean, I'm not that he didn't have a good freshman campaign, but I'm saying sometimes there are freshmen who come in and catch 50, 60 passes. So State needs a guy who comes in from year one and is, you know, killing it like that, possibly. But it's just not as, as, as unusual. Forrest Hughes says, should we have some level of concern about football recruiting? State's 24-7 composite class currently sits 40th nationally, 11th in the SEC, 13th in recruit average. Seems like some of the recruiting work Moorhead put in is fading. First off, what? The, the recruiting, recruiting work, work that Moorhead put in? Come on. Secondly, no, you shouldn't be worried about it. It's going to finish between 25 and 30 like it always does. I, I don't I don't really care about recruiting rankings at this point. Yeah, during the until, season. Yeah. It's until it gets down to, you know, November and December, it's just not that important. Yeah. Uh, where are we here? Uh, Shaw Life. I don't know. Our football team is number 16 in the nation. Where are our graphics and media team ranked? Top three, at least, right? There has been a noticeable imp- improvement this year. It's been really, really good. The video. Well, they're investing a lot of money in the they're department. They're putting into it. They're putting a lot of people in there. These yeah, a lot of really good talented. workers before, but they were just kind of hamstrung by their by their constraints. Yeah, the budget. Now they're yeah, yeah. You got to spend money to to put some of this stuff out. Yeah, but it's very good. I mean, I go back to whenever I was in college in like 2012 when I was in media relations, and we just mm-hmm. had like a little, you know, video camera, like the little uh, what were those little handheld I forget what they were called but those little handheld uh little digital things. cameras yeah um anyway the not the GoPros but they were like that yeah I understand but we basically we did that thing like trying to get Jonathan Banks the Thorpe award mm-hmm. and like Kyle Niblett wrote it and stuff and like we like acted it out and stuff with that little camera and it was just awful <laughs> And um, I go back to that, and I think about 10 years later where things are. Yeah, it's it's different, yeah. All right, uh, where are we here? Uh, Micah Halfacre asks us, back to the conversation about the breakfast. If there's no meat available, what are three must-haves for breakfast? Cinnamon rolls, cereal, and fruit are are his three. So if I'm going to go no meat, I don't want vegetables. I don't want hash browns. I need meat. If I have hash browns, I have potatoes. I need meat. It's meat and potatoes. Uh, you know, like biscuits, uh, fruit. <laughs> just a, what are we doing with the biscuits? Are they just plain biscuits? Just no, I mean, biscuit, biscuit and jelly, biscuit and gravy. Now the gravy's uh, going to have good meat. sausage. Good, well, we can still have some white or brown gravy. Brown gravy on biscuits is good. Not bad. It's not a bad um, thing. It's some kind of uh, sweet, like Danish. Yeah, I need, I need like Danish like cinnamon rolls. 
Cereal yep. is always a good choice. Yeah, bagels, stuff like that. Yep. It needs to be a lot of bread, basically, is what I'm saying. A lot of carbs. Um, what percentage of coaches in college football could kick an extra point field goal? An extra point. This leech is definitely an alpha male. Ten. Ten percent. Yeah, very I, mean, low I feel like I'm doing them a favor. I mean, you're talking about pulled hamstrings. Yeah. A torn ACL, a back being pulled. Yeah. Uh, JB Holloway, if UT beats Bama, and I think they will, can we assume it's more than likely they will beat Georgia as well? No, I think Georgia is better than Alabama, and that game is at Georgia. Yeah. No, wait, it's at Tennessee. It's at Tennessee. But no, I, I think Georgia's better. No. So Tennessee gets Georgia and Bama at home? Let's, let's double check that, Robbie. Let's be sure. I mean, State gets LSU and Bama at home uh, uh, every two years. No. Okay, that game is at Georgia, so no. Okay. Okay. Um, I think this is our last one. Yeah. Uh, when you're making – from Monroe Walker, when slicing your steak for Philly steak sandwiches, do you use a knife or a meat slicer? Well, I don't own a meat slicer, so I use a knife. I don't make my own Philly cheese sandwiches. So you I should, can't. man. It's at, we did that a couple weeks ago at the house. They were fantastic. Should definitely give it a give it. Do you have a griddle? Yes. Well, no, I don't have one. Not here. like I got even an outdoor griddle, just one that you can put in the house. No, I don't. Okay. Well, if you get one, you should go that route. I might have one when, in our new house. I haven't. I haven't okay. uh, picked out a stove yet. Well, there you go. Yeah. If you get a griddle, it's Philly cheesesteaks. Awesome. All right. Well, that was an ordeal. That was a lot of questions, but we Ooh. do appreciate it. All right, tomorrow's show, we'll dive deep into Mississippi State, Kentucky. We're talking to John Hale from the, Hex- the Lexington Herald Leader uh, about the Wildcats, and we'll have a lot more to talk about as well. Plus, don't forget, down the down the feed a little bit, Cole Kublik talked to him for a good bit about Mississippi State. Got a question about Alabama and Georgia as well. So if you want to hear that, it's waiting for you right there on the podcast feed. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.